time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, all you souls out there, to the 60-second episode of After the Credits, the Yum Chunks podcast, where tonight we will be talking about... the. Those are words. We'll be talking about the movie Soul. Tonight with us, we have Sean Davis. Hey, Sean, how are you doing? Happy New Year. You feel the Happy animal? Happy New Year. <laughs> and we have Ryan Davis. How are you doing, Ryan? Doing great. Excellent. All right. So we've had a, uh, we just got through the holiday season, um, celebrated our respective Christmases and New Year's uh, in, uh, in, 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 sol- in so- solidarity. Um, solitude maybe solid solitude is the word that we're talking about yeah exactly (laughs) um but here we are it's been a little little while but uh we were we were uh gifted with two uh beautiful properties to review on christmas day santa santa claus brought us two movies straight to our homes because we couldn't go to the movie theaters so we've been uh, so good all year we deserve yeah we we have you know following rules like stay-at-home orders um, so, uh, we're going to be talking about both of those tonight as of the time of us recording. Uh, so, uh, like I said, in this episode, we'll be talking about soul. Um, if you're watching this right when it came out, watching, huh? If you're listening to this right when it came out, uh, in a day or two, we should have our review of Wonder Woman 84. So keep an eye out for that. And if you just listen to Wonder Woman 84, uh, hey, here, here, we're, it, listen to soul now. <laughs> That's not how it works. Well, I mean, in that episode, we're gonna say, "Hey, we just released the Soul episode, so go listen to that one." If you oh, have, oh man, it. we're gonna like that's like Tenet, like they're gonna it's go like, back in time and then see themselves listening to this episode. I was gonna say it's like Tenet, even though I've never actually seen Tenet. No. So, um, I guess I, I guess I understand Tenet. <laughs> you're the only person, yeah, by the way, yeah. and you're the one that hasn't seen it, so. Well, then, I guess it's best that if I don't see it, then, right? Yeah, Somebody you know, needs to understand you're it. You're off no, understanding it now. Okay, yeah. perfect. All right, well, I'm tired of talking. Someone, someone, take, <laughs> someone take the mic. Um, chunk fire stories. Uh, well, it's been the holidays. I had holiday time off, so I had plenty of time to do nothing. Um, so I didn't do anything. That's my chunk fire story. Nothing. I sat in a catastonic state for two weeks straight. Um, <clears throat> that's not true. Um, I'd watched a couple movies, a couple movies on Netflix. Uh, Mank. Have you guys heard of Mank? I've no. heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, David Fincher. Basically, um, it's about the uh, <clears throat> the writer slash you know co-writer of Citizen Kane, Herman Mankiewicz. Is it Herman? Something Mankiewicz. Um, it's with Gary Oldman. Um, he's the main character, and, and a handful of other people to recognize. Amanda Seyfried's in there, and some other folk. Uh, it's in black and white. It's really good. It's really, really good. Gary Oldman's great. It's a fun. If you know anything about Citizen Kane, um, you probably will enjoy it. If you're a fan of Citizen Kane, um, it's it's also all of, it, it. It's very little actually about the movie, though. It's more about all. Of, just everything surrounding the movie in terms of the real world circumstances, 
Hmm. Um, Orson Welles obviously is in it, but it's not about him so much. Um, it's a really good, interesting film, and I like Fincher a lot, so he does a good job. It's not like your traditional violent kind of Fincher stuff, though. It's just like hmm. a drama, somewhat comedic kind of thing. Um, it's also Netflix. And then I watched another Netflix film called The Midnight Sky. Is that what it's called? Um, With George Clooney? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I watched that. And that was better than most Netflix sci-fi um, fair. Which is uh, saying nothing. Yeah, it's not saying a lot. But I actually kind of liked it. It was pretty good. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, uh, Ad Astra, which I enjoyed a lot. Didn't get a lot of recognition last year when it came out. It's not as good as Ad Astra, but it reminded me a lot. For, I liked it for similar reasons. So, um, give that, give those a check. Give those a watch. Whatever you do to movies. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? Oh, and then a couple... Well, we got Christmas presents, so I got um, Ready Player Two, the book Ready Player Two, and I finished reading that. Um, that was... Huh. How is it? Would you recommend it? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, well, enough said. <laughs> no, I mean, I will say it was a fast, short read. You pretty much know exactly what you're getting into. It's more, it's it's just so much more of the same. Um, mm. it, it, it tries to kind of be, um, how do I say this? Tr- tries to evolve, I think. Mm-hmm. Um... So I give it credit for that, but I think it comes across as just kind of very like a, <laughs> um, very blunt and stuff. Which I don't know. It, it, it's the exact same kind of fun adventure as the first one. Um, just very very indulgent. So much. I remember when I read the first one the first time, it it wasn't cringeworthy worthy because I don't think there was a much that was as indulgent as it was at the time. So it was just very like wish fulfillment. At this stage now, though, it just feels much more cringeworthy when <laughs> every line in the book is just like, not just references references to things, but them pointing out references to things. Right. Um, wow. uh, yeah, I yeah. have the book. If you guys are interested, you could just borrow mine. I, I won't say it was bad. I obviously read it all and, you know, it was a fun adventure, but it's, it's not making anyone's, you know... Peabody winners or you know Pulitzer <laughs> lists. Yeah, I remember. I remember the first book. You know, it, it started off strong out the gate. I remember you recommended it to me, and I yeah. read it really quickly. It was it was a lot of fun, or I listened to it, I should say. Um, and then it very quickly got a huge backlash. Yeah. Um, for and yeah. and you know, I listened to those critiques, and uh, yeah, actually, it's, you know, yeah, all no, valid. there's definitely fair and, criticism um, to be found there. I, I still like the I, first one though, but. If you, you recall, our first episode of this podcast was the movie, right? Um, and I've just recently rewatched the movie because Maeve hadn't seen it, and I I liked it more um, mm. than the first time I saw it. And yeah. I also, having thought more about the book, really could think about some of the things that they did to try to yeah. address the, the the critiques of the book. But the little I've heard about Ready Player Two is like those critiques have gone completely ignored. Like, it's it's all there and worse. But, well, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on what the critiques uh, maybe... Uh, I mean, I feel like the critiques in terms of maybe just kind of like... Um, I don't know. 
the the structural storytelling elements of the book it's they have it those if you had you know if it was still came across as very silly and 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 uh i don't know not immature but just simple those are all still there that's fine um i would say that the stuff though that's more critical of like kind of the social aspects or whatever the um gatekeepy aspects and stuff i feel like again i think he did try to address those in the second one whether he did it (laughs) you know with any level of nuance or success but at the same time i think he's very aware of those things and he tried to address them that interesting yeah um, yeah, I, I, the best summary I heard of the critiques for the first book is it's Twilight for guys, and um, I I feel that I mean it's you know self insert and it's it's pretty shameless. It just is what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not rushing out to read the second one. I'm I I really haven't been reading much of anything lately. Um, I forgot how to read, guys. Um, but, oh, no. uh, Good thing we're doing a podcast. We don't have to read yeah, anything to talk. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not high on my list. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad I read it, but I, I yeah, like I said, I, it's, it's, it would be a very soft recommend. Only if you're like the biggest fans of the originals, then, you know, I would say definitely give it a go. But if you're kind of casual or you like kind of found yourself like, yeah, that was fun, but then you probably won't get much out of this. The premise is basically the same thing, but now they invented a headset that basically allows you to... Uh, basically experience the oasis but like but but real this time so like you get so (laughs) so it's like um all you can all the senses it's not like you're in a video game anymore it's like you are actually there it's like you could taste things and smell things and feel things and it's all uh it's all as if it's like a real like you're living in the oasis so it's like the matrix yeah yeah exactly it's just like the matrix um yeah, that, and that, that's that's. <laughs> well, okay. okay. All right, that, yeah, I can see how that would. All right, and then lather, rinse, repeat. Got it. Yeah, and then the same idea. There's a big old treasure hunt and blah blah blah. Um, but that is that. And then the last thing I thought I mentioned is I got this. This is actually a Christmas present I got myself slash birthday present. I got this thing called a Lumens. Have you guys heard of this device? Uh, no, um, lumen is the measurement of light. <laughs> yes, I got myself. I own that measurement. That, that measurement. Unit that... of measurement now. Wow. Um, yeah, you could buy things like that somehow now. Um, no, it's this weird. It's it's called that. Their their catchphrase is "hack your metabolism." It's basically this device that you breathe into, and it reads all the chemicals in your breath. That so it could do a whole bunch of biometrics about your your body, like. Um, if what you're burning, if you're burning fat, how much fat you're burning, if you're burning carbs, blah, 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 blah. Like, and then it advises you and tells you like, oh, you know, you should be elevating your heart rate now if you want to do this or if you want, you know, it's, it's like a healthier lifestyle kind of thing, but it's really high techy kind of stuff. And mm. it's like this, if you look it up, you'll see, it's just like this little, it looks like a, I don't know how to describe uh-huh. it. I'm looking at it now. It looks yeah, like, like a vape. Yeah, it kind of looks like a vape or a USB drive, a big old USB drive, and you just breathe into it. So I started trying to use it a couple days ago, <laughs> and I've literally tried to use it 30 times, like over 30 times, and it has yet to <laughs> read. Like it constantly just like, yeah, I don't, we're not getting an accurate reading. Try breathing into it again. And then I breathe into it like five times in a row, and it's like, you need to take a break. You're going to hyperventilate. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I have like this three hundred dollar broken kazoo, basically. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah. So uh, hopefully I'll get. Well, I finally sent a tech. Re- I sent a customer service, you know, email in because I I can't get it to work. Like no, I it's not doing anything. It has an app that you download on your phone that like measures all this stuff, but I can't do any of it. Because it doesn't read my breath. I don't know what that means. If my am I breathing wrong? I guess. Yeah, you might not have breath. I'm like you that episode of the Bart or the Simpsons when Bart loses his soul and he yeah, tries to breathe on the. How the appropriate we're reviewing soul today. Oh, exactly. Way to breathe, no breath. That's what. That's what's happening. <laughs> that's what it, yeah, that's what it. So, anyways, apparently, either one, don't go buy a Lumen until. <laughs> You hear more from me in that it actually works because it might just be a big scam I fell for. Um, uh, or or you got a broken works. one. I mean, it happens. Or I got a broken one. That could be it anyway. So. Or you're dumb and you don't know how to use it. <laughs> I guess. It, well, when I did the tutorial, I passed the tutorial with flying colors. So I don't know. <laughs> like there's a tutorial you have to practice breathing. And they're like, all right, you're ready now. You're ready to breathe for real. You passed the not. training. That's not true. You got your certificate. But then you failed when it, you got put into the field. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's why you need real world training in it, yep. in your education. That's why real world training, hands on, is important. You can't Simulation just, just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work. Simulation. Exactly. Well, you guys are well, ready for a ready player too. Best of luck with your um, breathing. <laughs> I'll do my best. I'll update you as more information becomes available. Oh, no, please, please do. I'm I'm fascinated. <laughs> I mean, I'm just learning about this device now, so I can't wait to see what. Happens. Based on their own commercials, it seems really awesome. Why well, don't get why it wouldn't be as awesome as they say it is in the commercials? Uh, commercials just be that way. Sorry. No. Anyways, but uh, yeah, that's my fire. That's my contribution. Well, uh, okay, cool. Well, I guess I'll jump in while we're, I'm going to jump into the fire, but while we're on the topic of uh, Christmas presents so and whatnot. But uh, yeah, you know, my holidays were, we, you know, mostly uh, stayed around the house. Went, uh, one, of my, one of the things I really like to do around the holidays is, is you know, drive around and look at lights. And uh, we got to, um, we got to experience the local uh, Candy Cane Lane. Which I, I didn't know that was like until recently. That's like a just a, a nickname for that. Like those candy cane lanes all over the, the country. Yeah. Um. But the closest one nearby in, in Poway, you know, we just went out there, drove up and down the street. Traffic was crazy, even on a. I, I mean, it was a Tuesday night. I think it was you know before Christmas, but uh, it's also you know just a cool thing to see. Um. I think it would have been a cooler thing to see all the people walking around if it wasn't during a pandemic. Um, yeah, but, uh, but I guess normally, you know, you, you've got these, you've got these, these side streets in a, in a neighborhood and, and, uh, and everybody's house is just completely decked out with the, you know, some amazing lighting displays. And, and I guess normally on normal years, they have like food carts outside, you know, so some people will come and park their car and just walk around and then you could get popcorn or hot cocoa or whatever. And then, um, some, some of the more recent years they've had a Santa, so you could, go get your picture taken with Santa. Um, they didn't have any of that stuff this year, but, um, you know, it's cool. You know, I, I, I've always liked lights. I mean, I work in lighting, so, um, so it was, that was a good time. That was a fun thing for, uh, the holiday season, but otherwise, you know, stayed home, watched our, um, our typical Christmas staples, open, open presents, made cinnamon rolls, you know, normal, our normal thing. Um, 
as far as uh, entertainment goes, um, I've started playing. I, I I've had it in my Steam library for a little while, but I started playing uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps mm, recently. Yeah. Um, I'm not that far into it, but oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Yeah, um, I think I mentioned on previous. I had played through it a yeah, couple months ago. On, I mentioned. It yeah. I mean, when I I played the first one, I devoured it, and I I just loved that game so much. And this one, I am already like, man, I don't even. I don't even remember the first one that well. Like, this one has already overshadowed it. And again, I've only put a few hours into it. Um, one thing I kind of miss so far, and maybe I'm not far into it enough where this is a thing, but um, I liked in the first one it had that mechanic where you had to use um, your your power cells to drop a save point. Mm-hmm. So you, you had to kind of um, be strategic yeah. about where you saved the game. And if you couldn't, you had to kind of fight your way out and get enough power so that you could create a save point. Um, and so far, I, I don't think that features in the game. I don't know if they eliminated it entirely or not. Um, but I, I thought that was a really unique thing because I, I, you know, that uh, with gaming now, a lot there's a lot of criticism that games are just too easy because you know when we were kids, you know, on the, the 16-bit consoles, yeah, y- you know, you get three lives and maybe a continue, and you could spend hours trying to get to the end of this game. But if you lose on the final boss, like, uh, too bad, it sucks, you know. Um, so that's what we grew up with, and now it's like there's a checkpoint every, yeah. you know, every 30 seconds or so. Um, and I really liked the first Ori's save system because it felt I felt like it balanced those two things really well. Like, you, you're not completely off the hook. You still need to work if you want to save the game, and you know, but it's also kind of forgiving. So I, I miss that, but that's, like, the only thing so far that I have to criticize, like... Everything so far, everything else about the game is better than the first one, um, so I'm enjoying that. Yeah, um, I think I liked it more than the first one too. Yeah, uh, and I'll, I'll update you when I get, you know, fit when I'm done with it. Um, Maeve uh, was so generous as to buy me a pile of Switch games for Christmas, um, and we've we've joked because they are um, they're sort of bargain bin games, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm having fun with them. Um, so I got. Uh, Crash Team Racing. Oh, and, that's that's uh, pretty good, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about them all right. a little bit. But Crash Team Racing, Sonic Team Racing, uh, Just Dance 2020, which I think is a bargain bin because 2021 it just came out. Uh, um, they're still making those games? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, they used to be numbered, and now they're just by year because mm-hmm. they just reliably, they sell, you know. And then, um, so those, and then I got a combo cartridge that has super monkey ball and sonic forces <laughs> um so uh, we've tried all of them out and um you know uh, Maeve's a big fan of kart racers so am i but I, I think she's a little bit more of a fan than i am so we tried out the racers um we were surprised by how difficult crash team racing is mm. it's it's very hard and i i think i think the reason why I, you're so bad at it is um the game seems like it's much more focused on combat. Like it, you have to play offensively to to get ahead, um, or or it's just really hard, and we're bad at it. We were having trouble beating the the computer NPCs. Um, so, uh, but you know, it's a, it's it's well put together. It's fun. Um, Sonic Team Racing. Um, I don't know why I never tried that franchise sooner. This this one for Switch is a lot of fun. Um, I like the you know all the the tracks are classic Sonic levels. Um, this one's cool because you race in teams, and uh, whoever's in 
the head of your team. So like we'll play together, right? So Megan and I will be on the same team, and then we'll have an NPC as our third person on the team. Um, and you know, if there's nine racers, there's three teams, right? And whoever in your team is ahead leaves these golden tracks behind them. And if you drive on those tracks, you get a constant boost as long as you're on the tracks. So there's incentive for your team members to work together while you're racing, um, which is a really cool mechanic. Um, I don't know if all the Sonic Team racing games have that mechanic, um, but it really does um, kind of change the way you think about how you play it. And then I also just feel like this game appropriately feels very fast. Um, it feels like just while you're playing it, if you're doing well, you just feel like you're moving so much faster than in Mario Kart. Um, so that's fun. Um, just Dance is Just Dance. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing significant about it. It's just another Just Dance game. I guess something to note is that um, I don't know any of the new music in it. So <laughs> I, I'm, I guess I'm old now. Um, but also the newest, the newer Just Dance games, they come with a subscription. Like you buy it and it lets you play the games that are new. But then if you if you buy a subscription, you can have, you have access to every Just Dance song they've Do, ever made. Does anything change gameplay wise from no. year to year? No, it's just okay. here's the new songs that were popular this year. Well, and I mean, that's we, yeah. I'm I could get behind that. I I don't know if I'm cool with them charging sixty bucks every year, but. I guess if you're right. if it's the new catalog of songs, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's cool. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm gonna definitely try out the. Uh, I told you guys I've been playing um, Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. Uh, to work to work out, so I'm adding this game to my workout routine, and I'm probably gonna try a month or I don't know what they sell in them, but probably try a month of that su- subscription because mm. we we've all had a lot of fun playing Just Dance in years past and. You know, it, it the subscription just unlocks every game, that, every song they've ever had in that series. So it'll be fun to go back and check out some of the ones I'm familiar with um, from when I was a youngin. Um, so that's good. Uh, and then the last one, yeah, Super Monkey Ball is fun. It's it's the main game is what you expect, but it has all these mini games, and they're the worst things I've ever played. They're <laughs> they're completely broken and awful, and we were just dying laughing trying to play through these mini games um it, it just the controls are broken the instructions are unclear um yeah i don't know why they're there but they were fun just in a when you watch the room type of the fun and then sonic forces um that game like all the newer sonic games has uh had a lot of uh criticism i don't think this is the worst sonic game i've ever played is the one with the friends do, do you get friends in this one or something? you get it's you like get a group of three you gotta create an original character. Oh, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, so you because that's a thing in Sonic fandom culture, is that Sonic is such an easy character to um, to draw that a lot of middle school age kids will draw a, a Sonic but change the colors and maybe change its clothes and say this is this is Joseph the Hedgehog and um, he's an original character. So like. <laughs> original character do not steal is a, is a big meme mm. in the uh, in the Sonic community online because you have a lot of people who will draw their original air quotes uh, Sonic fan art and say it's my original character and be very protective of their intellectual property. Um, so I think at some point Sega said, "Hey, let's capitalize off of this," and um, so you have to create you have to create your own character as part of the game. 
but like the character doesn't talk or anything. So it's just like mute the whole time and all the other Sonic characters are super over the top, crazy, animated, wacky. And then they're like, what do you think? And like, he'll, he'll nod. And like, we try to make, of course, our character look as dumb as possible. So, um, which thankfully it lets you do that. <laughs> so, um, uh, it, that's, that's a fun thing about the game. The rest of the game is pretty unremarkable. It's what you would expect out of a garden variety 3D Sonic game. So it's not good. It's all right. <laughs> it's passable. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's me in the gaming world. And then also, um, we started watching, uh, on Netflix, uh, The Queen's Gambit which we are lovingly referring to as a drug chess. Um, <laughs> it would probably have got more viewers if it was called that, too. Yeah, I know, but apparently didn't need it. It, it, yeah. it is now the most number one, right? watched. It's the yeah. number one miniseries on Netflix, and it only took four weeks to get there. Um, also, I was reading an article today saying that, like, the sales of chess boards has, like, yeah. like, gone up a thousand percent over the holiday season because of that show uh, <laughs> wow. it's actually kind of funny uh, you know that game that 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 game store paradise games in vista oh yeah yeah I, I go and so i was doing some christmas shopping i was over there and stuff and there i was i was only in there for like maybe half an hour and while i was in there at least two it might have been three at least two separate people came in asking for chess boards and <laughs> they even they specifically mentioned because of the show <laughs> queen's gambit they're like, yeah, I'm watching Queen's Gambit with my daughter, or I don't know, whatever. Me and my girlfriend are watching Queen's Gambit. We want to get a cool new chessboard. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Well, all right. I mean, I don't see any harm in getting into chess. No, it's, um, I'm, yeah, it's nothing bad. It's good. Great. It's just funny. I, I used to play when I was in elementary, middle school, and I never got really good at it. Not, never to the point where I played timed or understood the names of all the squares on the chessboard, but I was, like, I was decent it's at probably it. Probably Joseph but... the Hedgehog is one name. In the school, so. Yeah. One of the Joseph the Hedgehog, um, but I, uh, I, you know, I fell out of interest to it, and and I, I'm kind of not into it anymore. But it's funny because I, I watch the show, and I'm super into it. Like, oh man, they're really they're really playing some chess here, like some some hardcore chess is going on. You know, those are but, stunt chess players. It's not even the real actors. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't ruin the <laughs> my suspension of disbelief. Uh, but you know, I'm getting into it, and then the episode's over, and it, it, I still don't really feel like playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very invested in her and her story and how much she likes chess, but um, I don't think it's going to get me back into it. And well, it, this is coming from somebody who loved playing at right. one point in my well, life. What's funny is for as much chess as they play, I don't think they yeah. actually provide any information about playing chess, like in any concrete way. Yeah. I think I was talking to you and Aaron Ryan when I was like, uh, yeah, it's awesome. I love that show, but yeah. it's, it gets you excited to play chess. And I just imagine like people like, all right, they, they get all excited and then they put the chess board down and they get it all set up. And like, I have no idea how to play this game. <laughs> 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 they don't even, I mean, it's not about that. It's not about knowing yeah. like that, obviously, but it does, it, ju- it just gives you enough that it makes you think, you know, what you're like, like, Oh, I'm a chess expert. I'm going to use the, the queen's gambit opening and all this stuff like wait how does this what do you do with this guy (laughs) there are uh i I think there there will probably be a lot of chess boards at goodwill in the next few months (laughs) yeah um but i I have an anecdote um there's a there's there's a neighbor who whose kids got a um electric keyboard for christmas 
And did you any of you ever get an electric keyboard for Christmas yep. as a kid? Yep. Okay, I did. And I'll tell you exactly what happened. We we got it, got super excited. Wow, a keyboard. You turn you plug it in, you turn it on, you you mash on the keys for a while, and then you go, Oh hey, the keyboard can play itself. So like you play some of the stock music and then you mash on the keys for a little bit more and then you realize playing the piano is hard and you don't want to learn a new instrument so you turn it off and you don't touch it again um i don't know if that's your experience but that was my experience and pretty much that's definitely the experience of the neighbors (laughs) you forgot one crucial step Oh, tell me. Um, that there's the animal noise buttons, that like the <laughs> elephant and the tiger, yes. and the you could you get that's one crucial step in, in the enjoyment of the keyboard before you never touch it again. Um, yes, exactly. Or you know the ones the the mode where you can make it all like um, percussion noises or whatever. You just oh, have yeah, fun going true. through all the modes, but eventually you realize you don't know how to play the piano, and then it just <laughs> clicks dust until somebody donates it. So that's exactly what's going on in our neighbor's home because we're we're being woken up at odd hours hearing um, mashing on a keyboard and then stock music from a piano and then nothing. So I'm pretty sure that that piano will end up at Goodwill pretty soon as well. Um, but also, I uh, uh, Maeve has a a MIDI keyboard for you know doing music stuff, and I I got her this program called Synthesia. Which it's it's basically Rocksmith or Guitar Hero. Um, you plug your MIDI keyboard into a computer mm. or whatever, and it you play along with it. It shows you which keys to press, and you play along with it. Um, so, uh, long story short, we're going to go to war with the neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's uh, been stupider things that wars have been gotten started over. So that's I support true. this decision. Thank you. I, I appreciate the support. Uh, and those are all my chunks. So I think we have Ryan, right? Ryan, how, yeah. how's your holidays been? What have you been up to? Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, uh, I guess the, yeah, I mean, it was, a, like you were saying, a quarantine holiday, so didn't really do much. We did do some Christmas lights, like you were saying, so that's always fun to do. Um, uh, I got, uh, Sean got me Squadrons, which I played a little bit um and vr um mm. liking it so far but i'm not haven't really gotten myself that mm. deeply into it um and other christmas presents is cobra kai third season was uh was they released on the first yeah. yeah a present just for me actually i guess some other uh, some other friends are into it too and uh we loved the third season um it, it not a little spoiler but um it certainly rewards you for having watched all the other Karate Kid movies, which I was not expecting because I don't think really anyone. Well, I mean, well, only I, the first I mean, one was yeah, really the first good. one's the only one that anyone really remembers. Question exactly. real quick: Does it also reward you for having seen the Jackie Chan Jaden Smith remake? So I that's what I'm waiting for because they've said <laughs> they've said that they're doing. There's already a fourth season they've announced for sure, and they. There's no end in sight necessarily, which is now a rarity for Netflix shows. Um, but uh, so I'm I'm actually expecting because they've taken it way further than I thought they that they were going to. So I would not be surprised if that enters the reality Ooh. of um, yeah. Well, you know, I was never big, the biggest Karate Kid fan. I mean, I saw the original when I was a kid on like TNT because they know drama. Um, but and I've seen the remake, 
Um, but when I saw I saw that they were not, they announced that show first, it was on YouTube Red. I, I just saw yeah. it. It looked like a tasteless cash grab, cash in, terrible project. So I never thought much of it, and I keep hearing about how good that show is. Yeah, like so, I don't want to overblow it because you know it's it, it is a it is a silly show. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, but it, they <laughs> they know what they're doing. Like they know how to keep playing it silly, but then also. Uh, keeps you interested um and really it's very emotional in fact i had we'll get into soul later but i had a more uh, emotional response to karate kid season three than i did to soul and that's not a knock at soul at all i love soul we'll talk about that but uh yeah karate kid had a very yeah it was they know what they're doing oh well that's good to hear i it's i'm not moving it up to the top of my list anytime soon but you know I'll, i'll keep it i'll keep it in mind yeah, if it crosses your path, um, let probably, it... Probably, probably going to rewatch the original Karate Kid first if I'm ever going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and all the Karate Kids are on Netflix, including the Hillary Swank um, yeah, I was going to say, is it going to tie into oh, the right. Hillary Swank And one? that, actually, I with the friends that I also watch with, um, or don't watch with them, but talk about it with, um, that's my prediction for season four, is mm-hmm. that I want Hillary Swank to show up, and... And I have some oh. predictions of what how she can enter the story. Anyway, um, so that's fun. So uh, I also have been spending some time watching. This week is GDQ. If you guys haven't been watching, oh yeah, I know it start. I need to. I was planning on watching some stuff. It yeah, started, yeah, yeah. Matt, uh, they did Sonic yesterday. They had all like I don't know. They played like five Sonic games in a row or something. And then on two runs back to back, they broke world records, which is pretty crazy. Oh well, um, wait. Because they never rarely break in a marathon, in the marathon setting, um, you know, they rarely break world records. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. That's yeah, cool. it is. Um, it was, like, well, one of the games was, like, the 2013 release of Sonic the Hedgehog, the original, so, which which includes some kind of modifications. Mm. I don't, I'm not, I watched that one, but I wasn't, because it, I don't know, anyway. But, um, yeah, it's still kind of exciting, plus just watching, I always like watching speedruns. Um, and also watching, um, Sean, you mentioned Action Button, so I've been watching uh, Tim Rogers' reviews. Oh, yeah. Um, and funny you should mention Mank, because as Tim Rogers says in his Doom review, that, um, well, I guess he says that Doom is the Citizen Kane of video games, yeah. but it would be funny to say that Citizen Kane is the Doom of movies. Um, <laughs> No, just think about I it think, in that I think context. We can say that. I think we yeah. can say that. Like, what, what does that even mean? What? <laughs> um, but it's yeah. Obviously, it was amazing. It's three half right? hours. Yeah, three and a half hours of just... three and a half hours. But it's so like Chewy. I know you're. I don't know if you've ever played Doom or anything. Um, but a little bit. I will send you a link or something. But there's the Tim Rogers. We met, I think I mentioned him other chunk bending he's a he used to work for kotaku he used to be contributing kotaku ryan's mentioned him about the final Fantasy 7 translation series that he did yeah um i met him once at e3 he was cool uh but he he has a new channel now where he does like three to six hour reviews of game <laughs> so it kind of sounds appealing to you um, it's it's yeah. i i love it so much because to me video game like just Listening to a movie review or music review or reading or anything, just like we do, it's it's not, I don't know, it's not important unless it has a personal connection. Or maybe it's more important if it has a personal connection. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm, I've started on the Pac-Man one. 
And I haven't even started that one yet. It's really, really, obviously it's really good. But <laughs> if you know Tim Rogers, anyway, one of the top rated comments is, give him a second, boy. Tim Rogers needs to think about his entire life before he starts doing a video game review, <laughs> which is a perfect comment because it's, you know. It... Well, yeah, no, I, I get that because anything I've ever reviewed, I'm like, wow, why am I talking about my childhood right now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, so anyway, it's, and he's obviously, he's just like, yeah. He's just I mean, too, he, he's also smart. like, like a kind of a genius. Like as you watch, yeah. Marisa, he knows like six languages or something. And he like, but he's yeah, a complete he's... nerd. Like he's just the, the nerdiest nerd that ever has nerded, like in every way. But he's yeah. like this genius too. Like, and he's super just like self deprecating, so he doesn't come across as you know. So it, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, give yeah. him a, give um, him a watch. It's a side note. Um, all the YouTube ads that come up are all for this like fitness workout like beef powder. You know what I'm talking about? Like the workout yeah. beef powder. No, I'm, like, I'm gonna search beef powder. Hang no, on. you know what I'm talking about like workout powder that makes yeah, you protein. Yeah, yeah, protein shake. Yeah, it comes in a big up. giant jug. I mean, and I just have YouTube. to ask YouTube's algorithm. Okay, YouTube. I, I, I watch Mystery Science Theater movies. I'm watching GDQ. I'm watching a three and a half hour review of Pac-Man. What in your algorithm thinks I want protein powder? It's, it doesn't think that you want it. It knows that you need it because you need to get outside. Yeah. Well, That might be true. That, in my okay. YouTube ads, I'm still getting ads for Lumen. And I already bought the stupid thing. Can it, like, doesn't, if they're going to be watching us, then at least know when I have bought the thing that you have subconsciously told me to, you know, got me to buy. Actually, one of the products I saw on YouTube reminds me of that device, except that you you stick it in your mouth and it brushes your teeth. Like, you just stick it in there, oh, and then I've it has all these, like, too. micro bristles, and it just brushes your teeth like that. So, uh, an electric toothbrush? Yeah, but you don't have to move it around. You don't have to move it. Oh. I mean, but, like, moving a toothbrush around is not that hard. Nope. We're, this is the future. This we is the future. Do you still have to hold it? No. You just You just put it in your mouth. So, you put the thing in your mouth, you let go of it, you close your mouth, yeah. and then you spit it out, and you're teeth are clean that you pretty much got it i think it I also shoots that. it shoots like it shoots like laser beams at your it teeth or something stuff. what youtube ads are you getting chewy if you want that they have not been doing their, their yeah no, they have no stuff. youtube ads are terrible i mean i'll be having a great day and i'll be going to watch my newest theme park video and the ad in front of it is about like the san diego cancer center and i'm like well there goes my good day thanks youtube <laughs> that's not funny <laughs> <laughs> It's a little funny. <laughs> oh. uh, well, YouTube, fix it. Yeah, they need to fix it. Yeah, show me that ad for the Magic Teeth Cleaner uh, doodad, because I want that. I'm tired of having to use my hands for things. No, isn't, the f- isn't it the future yet? It's the future. We shouldn't have to be using our hands for anything. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, those were the cool things I wanted to share with y'all. Those are the chunks I had for the fire. Uh, Excellent. Cool. That ended up being a hefty chunk fire. Section. It did. Especially because right before we hit record, we talked about how we had nothing to talk about. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, well we, we had, had, you know, a whole two weeks of content of vacation time to talk about. So That's true. You would think that there would be more content. But at any rate, let's talk about a movie. Yeah. Take, it. take it away. So Somebody. we're gonna talk about Soul on Disney, Pixar's new animated feature. Spoilers ahead for Soul. It's free, so you should watch it. Um, 
I guess, unless we hate it and you really care about our opinions so much. But you'll find out about that in a second. Um, before we get to the view, briefly, though, what happened in Seoul? Um, who's doing... Am I doing this? Did I say I was doing this? I thought you said you wanted to. I'm not going to do okay. it. I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Ryan and I can do it. Uh, so, Seoul. Uh, Seoul is about a middle school jazz band teacher who loves jazz and loves music and but he's kind of feels like his life is a waste because he's not doing music he's just a middle school teacher his name's um joe joe something um but anyways uh but then joe gets his big break and he's about to make it big on a jazz club but then he dies um no before but he dies but before he could pass into the great beyond he doesn't want to go to the beyond he's he, he he's motivated he's he's ready to live and he wants to go be a jazz guy so he jumps out of the escalator matrix that's going to bring him to heaven or wherever and then he enters he is like in the the before what's it called it's the before right is that what they call it I think so. Yeah. The great before or something, which is where all souls go before they come to Earth. And they're all these little baby souls that he meets and he wants to get back to Earth, but he can't get back to Earth because um, he doesn't have the permission. He doesn't have the badge to get back to Earth that all the souls have to earn before they go to Earth. And he's mistaken for a soul mentor, which are like great minds of Earth that teach souls how to be souls or how to be people um so he's paired up with this this um uh, misfit soul soul 22 they're also are the souls is that what they're called and they're called something else yeah soul sure um and uh this misfit soul doesn't want to be a human because earth sucks and why would anyone want to be a human on earth um and but she's willing to help him get back to his body and they go to the astral plane, and they find a teleport to his body, and they jump to the teleport, and they get their body switched, and so now she's in his body, and he's in a cat. And they go around New York trying to get his um, life on track so that he could be in the jazz band. Uh, uh, these awkward pauses are helping, right? Um, and yes, then, yes, they are. Helps me process the uh, the, the madness. Um, and we get to go through his life, and she gets to experience what it's like to be a human, and he gets to um, watch it vicariously about what his life is like, and wackiness ensues, and um. They basically figure out their. I don't. What Ryan? I don't. I mean, well, so they're yeah. They're they're in a way they're kind of killing time because they need yes. to wait till. So during the killing time part, yeah, like Sean said, she gets to experience Earth and he gets to see himself from another point of view. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so just when they're about to get their bodies and souls switched back in the right state, they're they're captured by the enforcement agency of pre of the, of the afterlife world terry his name's terry yes yes mm-hmm. do you, okay do you want me to keep going oh yeah well and then yeah keep going because I, I how did because i know what happens well, but i forgot how it happens yeah so they get recaptured okay so now they're back in the afterlife area and it turns out that 
Soul Twenty Two has earned her badge because oh, she right. yes. she got her spark. She she yeah. And um, and Joe, the now dead again and presumably heading to the afterlife, sees as one last chance to get back into his body and perform in the jazz thing that he wants to, and claims credit for getting Twenty Two's badge in place and demands that he you know he receive it and she says fine here take it and he takes it and he goes back to earth performs in the jazz thing and it's amazing and he is a good jazz guy um piano he didn't throw his keyboard away when he got it for christmas matt (laughs) i didn't throw it away i just left it where it was (laughs) anyway i don't know what happened to it so then he uh uh, roll credits. Uh, no, wait. How does he get? What does happens he next? somehow goes back oh. to the astral plane? Yeah, he and then learned- realizes that, like, oh, twenty-two, you do deserve to be human. So he gives up his bat, or he, yeah, he basically lets her. Oh, oh, she, she had become like, um, like a mis or a, a lost soul, uh, a lost soul. And so he right. went. To, he saved her from being a lost soul and told her that she is worthy, or that yeah, she is deserves to be a human. And so then she becomes herself again, and she goes back to Earth, excited to be a human. And um, he has resi- He has basically accepted that he died, and he's okay with that. And right before he goes to, he goes back on the great escalator to wherever to the unknown, to the after, to the beyond. The uh, Jerry, one of the administrators, comes in like, well, you've earned a second chance. So if you want to go back to your body, you can. And he does. And he goes back and is committed to loving every moment of life. The end. The end. Roll credits. (laughs) All right. That was a uh, more complete recap than I was expecting. And also then we usually get... Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was planning on doing much more vague, but then as I got into him, like I don't know how you do a vague version yeah. of this recap. You have pretty to go wacky. super vague, or yeah, or it's going to get detailed. So, uh, b- before we dive in with detail, detail, uh, what were your what were y'all's first impressions? What did you think of the movie? In a nutshell. Um, Ryan, what did you think? Yeah, I, I loved it. I thought it was a return to form for Pixar. Um, going back to doing original heartfelt content um being entertaining funny um taking you know taking some risks i think creativity creatively in terms of like there's a lot of visual um interesting visual things they did i thought especially when they're like kind of like fading through all the black nothingness stuff i thought all the music was well i mean you kind of expect the music to be great but it was great in ways i wasn't expecting um and yeah it was just a good old time Hmm. okay um yeah uh i i'm still thinking about this one because i definitely liked it a lot i think it's one of my favorite pixar films of the last couple years um for sure but there's there's so much like there's it's such a um well you said it ryan unique it's so like original that there's a lot that you can't just like kind of um, not think about. <laughs> it kind of forces like 
And so just thinking about it, like there's parts of it like I loved and there's parts I'm not sure about. And I think the parts I'm not sure about have less to do with the um, the content and more just like the structure of kind of how the film played out in some parts. Um, but overall, yeah, I was pretty surprised. I was, well, I didn't, I didn't think I was gonna, I don't know, connect with it, um, hmm. as much as it. Yeah. What do you, what are your thoughts, Matt? I did not like this movie. Oh, not at all? Really? Oh my God. Not so much. No, I, uh, I agree with a lot of the points that you made about the positives of this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I love the visual style. Um, I love the concepts. I love that it's uh, uh, original. Um, it's the most original movie they've made in a while. Um, and, you know, I liked ideas in it, but mm-hmm. it wasn't enough to, like, it didn't, it didn't come together for me. Like, it didn't do it for me. Um, mm. And, you know, I think maybe we'll touch on this, and maybe this is what you're talking about, but a lot of the structure problems really dampened this movie for me. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I also think, and it might not be a fair assessment, but I think that I spent a lot of time during the movie, like being confused by the direction it was going. It didn't, it didn't feel like the movie I was sold. Uh, a, a good example of that is, is Brave. I think, you know, the way it was marketed was, it looked like it was going to be one thing and then it yeah. wasn't what we got. And that's not necessarily. Yeah. A fault. It's just not really what I was expecting or wanting, really. Yeah, so, I, um, I think I know it, what you're referring to as well. It, it, yeah. it didn't do it for me. So it's funny you said mentioned brave. I have a few notes here, and the second one is just the the, the word brave. Um, <laughs> well, then, whatever it is, an adjective or as the noun, uh, you know, the, the noun movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, when twenty minutes in or whatever it is, when we're presented with soul switching, I was like, wait, this is what this movie's gonna be, which yeah. was essentially the same reaction i had to brave when it turns when i thought i was gonna get this cool action adventure movie and it turns into my mom's a bear <laughs> I, I i was like wait what this is what the movie she, is because she ate a piece of cake yeah uh-huh. and for brave it did not work for me uh, it's yeah, right that's one of my least favorite pixar films whereas this one it did work for me it interesting because other way around for me and, um, I mean, I don't love Brave, but I did end up liking what we got. But I do also admit, it's not what I thought we were going to get. <laughs> so, um, but, um, regardless, I still accepted Brave for what it was. I just, it it, it just didn't fulfill, um, not, no, not that it didn't fulfill, I just didn't necessarily enjoy it. Whereas this one, I accepted what I was given, because this is a story what they wanted to tell. And I thought they they executed, they executed yeah, well. Yeah. Well, I, what, mean, I guess, maybe ahead. just to make sure we're on the same page the the basically the stuff that maybe we weren't expecting what we didn't think this film was going to be was them her being in his body and him being a cat for about 60 percent of the movie that's a good point that's a good portion of it but not the whole thing but go ahead okay to me that was that was the stuff that i was i was expecting it almost all to be in the afterlife and or Mm. if not all in afterlife then mostly in the afterlife with him like observing earth or i don't know whatever happenings on earth but more or less basically him you know experience i don't know whatever learning going through his journey in the uh in the astral plane or afterlife or whatever that was but then basically is it the midpoint of the movie a little before the midpoint of the movie it it just turns into oh they're on earth now and now it's a kind of a wacky little bit there and and so to me that's the part what when you guys say it's not what i was 
expecting, but that's what I got. That's what I think of. Is that mm-hmm. what you guys are thinking about, or what? Well, to you, that's half. Well, that's half of it. But um, I, yeah, I mean, for one thing, on that note, I'm not really a fan of talking animal movies. In fact, I mostly hate them, except for a few exceptions that I love. Um, and and I was like, oh, okay, this is Secret Life of Pets now. Um, and and like you said, yeah, I was expecting the movie to take place mostly in the afterlife, and I felt like that was a good opportunity to explore things like. I would have liked to see more of his more of his life, like, and it, it, because there's a lot of lore culturally about what's supposed to happen after we die. I wanted to see some more heavier topics dealt with in a way that's kid friendly, kind of like how Inside Out like dealt with really heavy topics about like mental illness and whatnot in a way that kid little kids could understand. I was expecting this movie to be more about that, but I felt like the middle act spent too much time on antics. And then the other problem I had was. Um, Weird example, but Godzilla 2014, um, when the, the entire act is spent getting to know Brian Cranston mm. and then he dies. Um, <laughs> spoilers for Godzilla 2014. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But I, I felt similar with this. I felt like we spent a lot of time getting to know Joe, and then I felt like it was a bait and switch, and 22, Tina Fey's character ended up really being the main character. And it like it, the movie takes a hard turn to going, hey, pay attention to this character now. And I'm like, I, I don't know this character. I don't I don't care what happens to her. I don't care whether she's ever born. I, I don't care. And I felt like the movie from that point moved way too fast for me to ever get a chance to care. So like a lot of the the beats later in the movie that I'm supposed to that are supposed to tug at your heartstrings just fell flat for me, honestly. Um, so it's it's a combination of those two things, really. <clears throat> okay, interesting. Right. What what about you, Ryan? In terms of like what you thought it was going to be and what it ended up being. So I, I I mean, I had no pre you know inclinations or whatever going into the film. The only thing I knew about the film was the the title mm-hmm. and two screenshots. One of that person playing the stand up bass, the the lady, and mm-hmm. then the cute little figurine or the cute little soul avatar of Joe. Literally. So I only had those two images going in and the title soul, which I assumed to mean that the Joel figurine thingy was a soul, but then I also like a double meaning for like music or something. But so that's all I knew going in. So when I, when the whole cat switch thing happened, it was just my up to that point, 20, 30 minutes into the movie. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, this is, this is now a different movie, right? Because up until mm-hmm. that point, it had been taking place entirely in the afterlife. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's yeah. what I mean when I was like, Oh wow, this is okay. This is, this is what this movie actually is. Um, right. And it, it yeah. took a while to get to that point. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm invested in Joe. Oh God. Who's this character? Oh wait, what's happening now? And that's just too much. Well, I mean, I think we're introduced to 22, like, you know, we spend 10 minutes with her or so in the afterlife before jumping into the real world, which I thought was a a perfect acclimation time period before doing a switcheroo. And by having her in his body, it was kind of a, a, you know, a synthesis of both of them, right? Because she has access Mm -hmm. to his memories, so she understands who he is, and through our recognition of him and and familiarity with him as a character before that we gain access to knowledge of her and her personality by her reflection of his identity right and in that way that that works but i feel like there needed to be a little bit more 
foundation for those themes to pay off earlier in the film. I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, I mean, I, I think I kind of understand. I guess to me, like you mentioned that you thought that the, um, by the end you felt that 22 was, if not the main character, then, you know, dual protagonist. Whereas to me, I never felt like she ever really became the main character. I still always felt like Joe was the main character. So to me, that still worked because I never felt like I was, um, it, it was always her experiences kind of through his eyes. And so to me, and it ultimately comes down to it being about his decision and his lesson and his learn, like him learning it, right? That That's kind of what the, climax was and blah 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 right right um that's not to say that she wasn't obviously you know a, a major character and wasn't about her because it was but but I, I guess i just felt like joe was still clearly kind of the protagonist to me so i agree that maybe some of the stuff about her if she was the protagonist i would have felt disappointed but because i didn't think she was i didn't feel disappointed if that makes sense it does, and I agree with you, but I also do, do feel like there's lar- large stretches of the movies where the, the movie treats her as such. Yeah, I see. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it, you know, you spend you spend the first act with Joe on Earth, a place that we know because that's where we live, mm-hmm. getting to know Joe. And then in the second act, when he goes to the afterlife, we're expected to not only learn all the crazy new rules of this new universe, but mm-hmm. also be introduced to another character who is probably equally as important as Joe. And I, I just felt like it was a little too much to ask of me, you know? Um, and, uh, oh, I had another gripe with the movie, the, the, the ending. I, I mean, I could bring, we can talk about it later, but, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just felt like it was a little unfocused and it didn't give the right amount of screen time to the right plot aspects and characters at the right times. I feel like, um, it, it, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say maybe one thing, because I, I could kind of, I kind of see where you're coming from in terms of it being a lot, especially with the uh, afterlife. I think to me, it, it struck a balance where it, it provided like enough to let my imagination kind of like wonder about this without, mm-hmm. uh, being detrimental of me getting too caught up with it. Although we could definitely go into <laughs> lots of fun questions about how the afterlife works, uh, later on. But, um, but uh it they weren't questions that bothered me or they that that didn't take away from the movie but also i think one thing that i think is really that i appreciated about this and one reason i think i maybe liked it um uh one of the reasons i liked it a lot is because it feels like that this is how do i put it most pixar films and most good animated films you could argue are kids films but that appeal to adults right Mm-hmm. This does not, this feels like it's just a film for adults that can appeal to kids. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would... I don't, I I have no problem with that. And, and no, <laughs> I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I, that's something I like about it. Now, yeah. I, 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 and there's a couple different reasons, but one of the more obvious ones is the protagonist is a middle-aged adult. <laughs> yeah, who kind of just like doesn't like his job, right? I mean, just like, there yeah. are other Pixar films with not kid protagonists that, so that doesn't necessarily mean it's not a kids film. But even like Toy Story, I guess they're supposed to be adults, but they're freaking toys, right? Like, or or Up, I guess is you know an old Incre- man. Incredibles, right? Incredibles, Incredibles to an extent, but even that, it's a, clearly a family, right? Kids are a major part of that like film. Okay. And stuff. that's fair. But this is clear, like it's a middle aged man who's kind of like you know. Dis- disillusioned with life and kind of like who enjoys jazz yeah right like that's not a kid protagonist like no. it, it 
And so there's a part of me that just like appreciates it on that level. It's just like, yeah, it's a Pixar film, so they're not going to be swearing and there's not going to be ultra violence and stuff. But this is not really a kids movie. Not to mention it's talking about like afterlife and all these weird like yeah like i don't know how i could barely grasp the the implications of what they're going over i i don't know if a child will be able to understand the idea of like the astral plane <laughs> yeah it's actually kind of funny i was reading this book today kind of unrelated to circumstantial where this guy is talking about his experience with talking to kids about death and how they deal with it or think about it yeah. and they deal with it and think about it by not doing so they it, they consider it such a so far remote mm-hmm. reality that it's not even like on their plane of like oh yeah that's a thing that it doesn't happen to me or my parents but it's a thing that exists in the world and depending on yeah. how old they are usually like seven they realize oh okay wait everyone will die but mm-hmm. eh, it's so far mm-hmm. off oh well so yeah i think you're right i'm not sure how any kid's going to respond to this movie in terms of connecting it with the reality of death well i mean i will say that there are a lot of kids that experience death at a very young age and you know i have i have a family member who's a few you know branches over on the family tree who has and, you know, who had just, you know, he's nine, I think, um, just recently watched Avatar The Last Airbender and, you know, said, oh, like his version of what he thinks after the, you know, after death is the spirit world, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that's what he, he, you know, so kids okay. do think about, kids do think about those things, but I think it really depends on your life experience because there are a lot of kids who go through really awful things at a really young age. And, you know, so I think. It's going to depend on your perspective. Yeah, it's going to I, on your that's a good experience. point. So kids that maybe have had some kind of experience, they may connect with this film more than um, yeah. than the average viewer, I guess. And I think even if you necessarily haven't, like, uh, I mean, obviously, just speaking in real vague anecdotal generalities, in general, you know, probably kids haven't. But even if they haven't, then this may be a way for them to inter- be introduced to those topics and those right. ideas and, so, and which is another, I mean, and then that's all great. Um, but I think just in, in general, traditionally kids movies in general don't deal with the ideas behind death and soul. And, and even if they do, they don't take on the perspective of like looking back on your life as a middle-aged man. yeah that's true that that part of it i will definitely give it i mean i could think of examples to counter your point i mean lion king is the first one that yeah or even like Um, some like a Coraline, or like some of the deep like burton kind of more kids like uh scissor hands and 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 um beetlejuice like those aren't kids movies but there's an appeal to a a very younger audience there that yeah as far as tim burton goes you got corpse pride which you know is very it's very, you know, that movie gets overlooked a lot, but its whole thesis is like, that is to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. Like, that is, it is a part of life, and we should embrace that and not fear it. Um, you know, and then, like, you have Lion King, you have, like, you know, even the people who are, like, the most important, indestructible people in your life, they will die. And, you know, but they're not gone. They're, you know, as long as you remember them and you keep them inside of you, they're they're around. Yeah. You know, you, you, you create, and then you have other movies like the You've got, um, there's two movies about Dia de los Muertos in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, well, made yeah one. Coco and for then, sure. Yeah, you know, Coco, that was another great one about how, you know, 
people will die, but we remember them and that keeps them alive and things like that. I, you know, and those are some really, I think some of those other examples handle the idea of, of death better than this, at least as far as like a kid's perspective goes. Yeah, um, I guess maybe it isn't so much death because I guess you think about there are a lot of, I mean, even like Bambi to, right? I mean, to a yeah. certain extent, right? Um, so maybe it is more so that it's just, to me, it just, it just feels like the, the perspective is so much an adult perspective from this movie. That, right, that makes me right. feel like it's more an adult movie, and then and then an adult, the adult. I'll go ahead and mention what I was alluding to earlier. But on the adult perspective of that, I feel like there's a lot of themes in adult movies about how, like, you know, and Wreck It Ralph is a good example of this. Like, oh, what am I doing with my life? Like, mm-hmm. am I yeah. happy with my life? And they very clearly in the first half establish he's not happy with his life. He's not happy with the choices. And I think that there was, you know, I was talking about this with Maeve, and I think there was a good miss. There was a missed opportunity here where they're talking about your spark versus your purpose. Mm-hmm. Like, I really thought in the experience of Joe having to mentor 22, he was going to realize that his spark was mentoring people and helping mm-hmm. them find their passions because there was this whole subplot about his student that he was teaching. And, you know, he's a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, and I think maybe, you know, if they had leaned into the whole, like, you know what, you act like, the, like it's a wonderful life, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you actually do have a great thing going on. Like, you don't, you know, you're so focused on this other thing that isn't really that big of a deal. You don't know it's not, but you actually have everything that you want and you need. And I feel like, it, it rather than lean into that, I feel like the movie kind of fumbled the ball towards the end. So, I, I don't know. I just... I, I mean, I... Well, I, 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 I see a lot I of thought, opportunities here. I thought that was the point of the movie, though, is that, it, it, that the purpose was separate from his spark. Right. Yeah. And, and so it, if they did lean into that, I think that would have been the complete opposite message. Fair enough. But I, I mean, don't I, think so, that it's clear enough to... I feel like the movie doesn't establish that point strong enough in the third act. I feel like it it needed to definitely be, you know, strengthened a little bit more. Well, I remember thinking the same thing, Chewie. Like, oh, he's going to find that he likes teaching more than music or I don't know, whatever. And I kind of like, oh, that's going to be like kind of... Not that it would have been the predictable ending, but I felt like that would have been the the uh, more um, I don't know wrapped up ending. That I think everything right. would have kind of fit a little nicely. And I, again, I think this is something that I end up liking the film more because by the end it was more ambiguous. Not in terms of like his character, but in terms of how he is going to. Because it's not like at the like when he does finally play in the jazz club and he comes out, and he's like, you know, it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. That that's still not resolved, right? Like you, right. we don't know what is he going to go back to the jazz club? He's going like is you know, and so I like that mm-hmm. it's we're not we're not resolving specific what he's doing with his career, but we are resolved in terms of how he's seeing his life. So whatever he does, right. if he does go to the jazz club or he goes back to teaching or both or you know whatever, his outlook is now so much that it ultimately it doesn't matter because he's found that spark, spark or you know that 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 he didn't have mm-hmm. before. Yeah, and I yeah that that makes sense, but I, I guess it wasn't super satisfying to me. Yeah, I mean, I I hear where you're coming from though. I, I love on that too. Um, uh, well, kind of going to so like I mentioned in general, I, I definitely liked it a lot. But one of the things I did mention was some of the structural stuff, and um, I felt like so the cat the the whole wacky antics with the cat and the human switcheroo and stuff general is fine but i did feel like maybe it dragged on to not dragged it, it wasn't a drag but i just felt like i was ready 
for them to like, okay, uh, we've seen them in the bodies. Now I want to get back to some wacky <laughs> metaphysical stuff. Um, no, I, I, I felt like it brought the movie to a grinding halt. I mean, to be honest, I did the biggest eye roll and went, oh, okay. All right, let's get through this part of the movie. I hope it's not the rest of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, it wasn't that extreme to me, but I did feel like eventually I was like, okay, I, I want to get on. Like, it, it mm-hmm. felt like something that was going to be a little episodic, funny adventure turned into the whole ha- second half of the film. I was like, oh, well, okay. I, okay, that's, I just, I'll take the film with it for what it is, but I was ready for them to, like, get to that third act. Well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I yeah, uh, other stuff. I mean, we. Um, how did you guys feel? Because the other thing too is, I don't know why I had this impression. I don't know what if you guys had, but I had the impression that it was going to be a. It would have been a downer ending, but I didn't think he was kind of going to come back to life. I thought it was going to. No. So when he does come back to life, or when they do give him the opportunity, he comes back to life. Part of me, uh, I was kind of like. I'm still not sure how I ultimately feel. I think I'm, you know, it's it's hopeful and it's a happy ending. So just on that level, I like it because who doesn't like happy endings? That's great. But part of me is like, you know, it's, I don't know, in a film about death to just kind of like have something be like, oh yeah, he's back to life. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just have I, mixed I, thoughts. I, I didn't more about that. I, I, I didn't like that at all. Um, I definitely don't think he should have come back to life at the end of the movie. Um, I think it undercuts the message. And if you're going to bother to try to make a Pixar movie that appeals to all ages to deal with a subject that kids aren't used to dealing with, like, don't tell them that you can get a one-up after you died. doesn't work that way. You know, I guess technically he never died. He was in his hospital bed. But, like, I don't know. It To me, it weakens whatever message is supposed to happen. Well, it, I th- I, so, again, I think maybe maybe we or I had a different, I interpreted a different message because to me, they only achieved their, the message of the movie by him coming back to life. Mm. They only achieved it by him doing that because he had the choice. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because it does remind me, you mentioned a wonderful life, Chewie. And you know, it also films like this that have to do with like existence and appreciating life. Uh, Groundhog Day is another one. Like mm-hmm. as wacky yeah. comedy that is, it's these people given these amazing opportunities to kind of whatever see their life in a different perspective and blah blah blah. And and I love those movies. Obviously, those are some of my favorite movies of all time. But there's always part of me that's like, yeah, that's not fair though. <laughs> if I had the chance to live the same day a million times, I would probably be able to live a good life too. You know, like. But we don't get that opportunity. So part of me is like a little cynical, like, ah, oh, he should have died. Or, ah, of course he appreciates his life. You got to see what the world was like without it. We, as normal people, don't get to see that chance. It's not fair. But, I mean, but that's why it's a movie. You know what I mean? Like, there's kind of right. like, a, you kind of have to, like, give into the conceit a little bit and go, like, yeah, I don't have that chance. So I'm going to learn from this movie, I guess. I mean, maybe that's a little naive or kind of, like, romantic in terms of what, a but movie, can, a movie is right. Be... Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, that's I don't know. That's not for us to say. Like, there's been plenty of movies that have inspired me. Maybe not in the way you're imagining, but I know I've heard people say like, "Oh, this movie changed my life." You know, and yeah. and that might be a little lofty. Maybe we don't believe them, but maybe that's because we're cynical too. Yeah. 
Or yeah. maybe it's because our, our lived life experience makes us experience these stories in different ways. Also you, true. You know? yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, what what speaks to one person doesn't necessarily speak to another person. Or certain beats don't hit as hard, you know, or hit harder. Depending I mean, on what you've been through. I was just trying to, like, play out my head. Like, oh, let's say he just died. How would I have looked back on the movie? Would the, like... I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, like I said, it just has given me more to think about. And I think right now I, I'm I'm happy with it because, like I said, it's a happy ending. And it reminds me of, like I said, A Wonderful Life and those other films that I like for similar reasons. So so I'm cool with it and okay with it. But I definitely – that was something – I don't know. It's definitely something thought-worthy. I would have – you know, just in terms of a film about death and stuff. Um, um, I had another thought, but I can't remember. So I'm just going to ask What's... about – oh, oh, oh. That's it. I had – I mean, I had a couple of just like questions about. So he goes like when at the final in the third act when he's basically he realizes he should have given the badge to let, or let twenty two come back to life. He comes goes into his room, and he's alive. He's alive and good, <laughs> and he just enters the astral plane right to go find twenty two. Which is the thing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, because he enters the zone, right? That's, they yeah, say he enters the zone, the zone is... but the implication is that, like, if you enter the zone, yeah. <laughs> you may die. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, also, <laughs> the like, I I love the design of the Jerry's and Terry. I, yeah. I yes. liked all yes, of them a lot. Yeah. And, um, and all the voice actors, they got to play them. I love especially uh, Richard O'Eady. Um, from like the the it crowd and yeah yeah um mighty boosh and a lot of things uh but uh but the way even like when Terry's on Earth and he's like kind of hidden in the lines of everything and stuff I thought that was some cool stuff I thought all of that was yeah. great um, it, it reminded me of um what was that Zelda game um oh, oh the, the one Between I like worlds. a lot Hit, jump into a painting yeah Link Between that Worlds. Works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- I loved all those aspects of the movie. Yeah, again, those were really like fun. I, I mentioned earlier the visual things yeah. and just kind of the creative, yeah, you know, artistic concepts. I liked all that stuff. Um, and when they are first in the astral plane on the on the giant hippie pirate ship or whatever, and they or before the pirate ship comes, but they're getting attacked by that the lost soul. That thing oh, was man. freaky looking. <laughs> yeah, that was scary. I loved it. Yeah, um, the design of those things was great. Um, but yeah, so how does the afterlife work? <laughs> this... eh, I I didn't think too hard about that. I was like, yeah, like I said, it's I'm, fictional... I'm only asking this in the way that we like to ask fun questions like this because yeah, yeah. Personally, I it didn't really detract from me, but there on on further thought, there are a lot of things just like whoa, wait, whoa. Well, I think the biggest question for me was okay, so the cat's soul was displaced yes. by Joe's soul, right? And we see the cat soul riding the escalator. Yeah. The amount of time it took, I think that cat soul would have transcended to the great beyond. So now the cat, once now re or vacated of Joe's soul, is now a soulless cat. It's dead. Yes. Well, I think the bigger implication though is that like, well, it's not dead. So it's all animals have souls, and like, there was some definitely some Kingdom Hearts ish logic going on in this movie. <laughs> And even the corrupted souls looked like uh, looked like heartless. Yeah, so, Matt, Matt, you reminded me. There's a line in the movie where Tina Fey, the 22, yes. says she's a nobody. I know. Yeah. I thought the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, nobodies. they're connected. They look like, no, like their arms, how they're all wavy and like, you know, like they come mm-hmm. to a point without fingers. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I was like. The, 
So Disney's, point- Disney's finally acknowledging Kingdom Hearts in their cinematic world. <laughs> yeah. It's finally happened. Well, they finally I, put I, some I, Pixar I stuff in would never come. Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I thought the the solution would have been just like, but what happened to the cat soul? And then they cut and they show the cat on the thing. The I thought the funnier payoff would have been just them going, oh, cats don't have souls. Like, like that would have been like a funny... Oh, that's what we thought. Oh, right. <laughs> that's what we thought was going on for a while. Um, because the implication that like all animals and maybe one of the other souls that were supposed to enter human entered that cat soul when it was whatever. I don't know. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, personalities. We we have personalities beforehand. That's a kind of cool idea. It was kind of like Inside Out, but like. Different. Yeah, there was a there was a couple connections with Inside I I found like, and that was an interesting concept because it's like, well, you can't, you know, necessarily prove otherwise. I guess if that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, I liked it because it's like they did enough stuff, or they they were kind of specific in a lot of ways, but never so much that you can't like, like yeah, obviously no one knows this, <laughs> obviously, like so <laughs> right. they could kind of do whatever they want. Um, but I like the idea that they were like the personality stuff in the hall of everything. What was it called? The whatever the hall, where it's just like everything experiencing. Oh, everything. Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea because it's like, you know, like people have inclinations towards, well, you're talking about games done quick, right? Like yeah. how do people have, that's not a natural human talent. We didn't as a species 10,000 years ago have computers. Why would anyone have a natural talent towards computers nowadays? And right. I, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was like, oh yeah, they just update it with any time something new comes yeah. out. The the before world just like adds it to the repertoire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, um, and you know, I guess in, in in that concept, it's like, well, somebody who's good at certain, you know, personality traits or skills are gonna be are gonna like or be good at computers. So. Uh, you know that makes sense to me, um, but yeah, it's the 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 idea of the um, personality being born with the personality. I did think about that. It's like, well, so does your life experience not have anything to do with your personality at all? Like, are you destined to be the same person no matter what? Like, that yeah. was something I definitely thought about and couldn't shake while I was watching it. Um, well, they even make a couple jokes about that too because. They're like early on, one of the Jerry's is like, oh, we're going to make them self centered. And it's like, well, Earth's problem now. <laughs> so yeah. I guess to them, it is just like, yeah, they, they, your personality set from the beginning. Um, I guess but your personality can change, though. Yeah, because it could, yeah, because 22 you, changes. And... You, right. Yeah. Before yeah. even being born. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yet still shaped by her experiences on Earth. It's pre life. Oh, that, that is a mind bender. Yeah, it's a little, it's a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot. Um, anyone notice that uh, 22 looked like a Chow from the Sonic Adventure games? <laughs> I, did I you didn't, really? No, okay. I did not until you said that. Now, I yeah, think it's I hilarious. Know, but... but now that you say that, I can't not think of them. <laughs> no, I, 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 I noticed immediately and couldn't not think of that. Uh, and that's what you do with Chows. You feed them things to develop their personalities, right? Yeah. So Sonic is one of the gatekeepers of the human souls. That's what the Sonic world is. Yep. I hope it's addressed in the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog sequel. <laughs> I like this shared cinematic universe. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, there are positives and negatives for me in this. And um, there were a lot of things I really liked, but 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, I think I, I think what you get out of this movie is a little bit going to be what you put into it. Yeah. And uh, I think I think I at least appreciate it because it just did not feel like anything else. And and there's stuff that didn't work for me and that I didn't love, but I that it just anytime there's something this original, it it goes a long way for me anyway. And just like appreciate it. Even if I don't personally connect with every element of it, I at least appreciate it for what it's doing um, and how it's doing it. And, and not, not to, not for nothing too, the idea of a more diverse, like, right. Uh, African-American adult protagonist. I mean, yeah, like those kind of things, like, okay, you can be cynical about it and going, well, we're going to hit the demographics and we're trying to, but who cares? It's still diverse. It's still like, that's something that, a Pixar film hasn't had before and should have had by now, you know? So those types of things also, I think anyways, help kind of push it into, in, uh, into the tier of Pixar films that, that kind of stand out to me. Yeah. And I think that's a, I think I can agree with that statement, that sentiment, because I mean, at the end of the day, I like seeing Pixar come up with crazy wacky original ideas yeah because they are good at that um and uh, you know i'd rather see something like this even for if personally for me it was a misfire i i would rather see that i'd yeah. rather see them take a chance on something really really out there than make another cars movie yeah i was just gonna say that like even if yeah even if this one wasn't a hit for you i would i would still see another movie like this that was a miss than another cars movie um, yeah. yeah, and I, we pick on cars a lot, but I mean right, that I, with I, I would say that with Toy Story. Yeah, no, um, exactly, and I think all yeah. four Toy Story movies are fantastic. Yeah, um, but I would still rather see another one of these, and that's not—I don't mean Soul Two, but you know, right. another original. Yeah, original. I mean, I, I will even say, admittedly, I I know I laughed more at Toy Story Four, and I had yes. probably more of an emotional, just nostalgic connection, obviously, if nothing else, with those characters, blah blah blah. But yeah, this one was more exciting for me, I guess. Maybe right. And it, at the beginning of this review, or actually even before the this review, when I was doing Chunk Fires, I said I I had a more emotional response to Cobra Kai. So yeah. that yeah. tells you I wasn't necessarily emotionally connected with this movie or or the characters. But um, but I I have said it on this podcast before, where I I weigh originality far higher than probably any other thing you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. merit a movie for so the fact that this movie did check that box for me it's not really a box i guess but it was it was high up in the originality metric yeah um, and I, i'm not going to discard it for that yeah that's a, that's so the, very high strength of this right so it, it gets a little more points for me for that um so yeah I, there you go all right Cool. Any other any other thoughts? I mean, I said my thing about Sonic Adventure, so I, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> that was the important thing we're getting to. Um, yeah, I don't think I have too many other notes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got nothing really else to say. Go see Soul, people. It's on Disney Plus for free. I mean, Let you gotta pay for you Disney think. Plus. We definitely had some divided opinions here, but yeah. what do you think? Email us at yumshunks at gmail.com or shout it out, out the window. <laughs> we live right next to you. Um, I'm checking our email right now, by the way. No one's emailed us. But I bet we got a bunch of uh, Twitter spam still. <laughs> oh, do we? 
Yes, we do. Uh, we'll delete our Twitter. I don't, what, why do we have all these? I don't understand Twitter. Don't worry about it. Why do we get? And, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, anyway, yeah. I think we should probably wrap this up because we got another movie to. Oh about. yeah, um, and we got thoughts on that one. So yes, we do. Stay tuned, folks, for Wonder Woman eighty four, and um, thanks for listening to our take on Soul. We're a bunch of soul men, soul brothers. Soul Stop it! Stop it! Sisters! Stop! Stop! Art and soul. Oh yeah, I was. Okay. I actually thought about that movie during this. Any, anyway. Oh, hearts and souls. With uh, Robert Downey Jr. Walk like a man. Yeah. yeah, that's a good movie. This has been after the credits. A Young Chunks podcast. <laughs>